It's lunchtime in Central Texas. What are we having? Uh, just your standard regular lunch, I guess. Milk? PB and J with the crusts cut off. Well, Brian, this is a very nutritious lunch. All the food groups are represented. Did your mom marry Mr. Rogers? Uh, no, Mr. Johnson. Time for the press box. Here's your host, Ward Weitz, along with Aaron Sexton. And it is lunchtime in Central Texas. Hello, everybody. Glad to have you along on this terrific Tuesday, a night after a doubleheader on Monday Night Football. I still like it. I do, too. I wish they do that all year long. Yes, I do, too. That's a, It's a great idea, and... I, I wish they would too. They won't because I think it. I don't know. I, actually, I I think overall it would help ratings. You you yeah. the one like obviously it wouldn't be as highly rated if you just did one. But I think obviously I think having two games would. I don't know. I, I think that overall ratings would obviously be higher for two games, and I I just love it. That you know you got an hour difference mm-hmm. where you can flip back and forth and. When the one game's over, you can turn to the other, and it should be in the fourth quarter or midway through to late through the third. I, I, I'm a big fan. Pretty good games last night. Cincinnati gets the win over the Rams 19-16, to and the Eagles stay undefeated as they beat the Buccaneers 25-11 to in a pouring down rain last night. Yeah, and ugly game under ugly conditions, but the Eagles, unlike the Cowboys, did what they needed to do, and – Took care of business. They showed up to play, which the Cowboys didn't Sunday. <laughs> Somebody's still bitter. I am. I'm, I'm, not even, I'm not even a fan anymore. It still makes me mad. They still do the same dumb stuff. Ugh. Oh, yeah, Cowboys fans are not happy right now. There's no doubt. No, no, and that, that 100% they have every right to be. That was inexcusable what happened Sunday. I still hadn't figured it out. I, well, I mean, it's just a failure by the whole organization. Mm-hmm. This is a veteran team. You've got a coach that's won a Super Bowl and been in the league well over a decade, mm-hmm. well over a decade. Right. And you've got a general manager who's been doing his job for over 30 years. And yet you still have a team that showed up Sunday not at all ready to play in any way. They weren't motivated. They weren't sharp. They weren't focused. They had penalties. They were sloppy. They, they missed tackles. Egg. I mean, it was just everything. Offense played poorly. Defense played poorly. Just a, a pitiful, pitiful effort by a team that we were talking about the week before as the best in the NFL. And now, obviously, we're not saying that. Mm-hmm. Uh, still very good, but losing digs and the performance Sunday has certainly dampened expectations. I'll put it that way. Uh, they, they've got to find a way to get off the mat. Just They just have to. And I think they do. I think that they'll be focused and sharp, and even though I, I think that the Patriots coaching staff will coach circles around them, I think that the talent difference is still big enough that the Cowboys will win and should win relatively easily. I don't think it'll go down to the wire. You don't think Zeke blows up no. and has a huge game? No. <laughs> would you be, I, as a matter of would fact, you be big disappointed if he did? I would, but, you know, James Conner, who they're about the same age, just had a huge game against Dallas. They better figure something out. But I think that they will basically say, hey, Mac Jones, you beat us because Zeke and, and Ramondre Stevenson aren't. 
And I think they'll just load up nine in the box and, and make Mac Jones throw, which he's done this year. He's thrown a lot, but he's good, not great, and the Cowboys can win that way, especially with their pass rush. Mm-hmm. I, I think so. We'll get into some more NFL a little bit later on in the week as well. Uh, the other big news. Your first place, Texas Rangers? No, the other oh, big not news there in the NFL. <laughs> in the NFL. Kelsey's jersey goes over 400% spy, uh, spike yes. since the uh, Taylor Swift sighting. <laughs> it's, uh, it's amazing how it's amazing how Taylor Swift captivates the, the attention of, of a huge portion of the country. Now, it's only got our attention right now. Mm-hmm. Well, your attention. I kind of like Taylor Swift. I'm, I'm kind of a fan. Not, not enough to go, pay $600 to go to a concert, but she's got, <laughs> she's got three or four songs that just absolutely rip that I love. Okay. So I, I, I'm not a, definitely not a Taylor Swift hater. I like, I like a lot of her music, but she definitely has the imagination of a huge portion of the population. She's, mm-hmm. I would say, probably the most well-known person in the United States right now, wouldn't you? I mean, really, and I'm saying... And I don't think you're far off. I'm no. saying probably if you just random on the street, and especially if you're you're talking to younger people, then, mm-hmm. then I think it wouldn't even be close if you were like, say, hey, do you know who Taylor Swift is and do you know who Joe Biden is? And that's not a shot at... It's not nothing political. It's just a, a statement about how popular Taylor Swift is, especially with young females. Yeah, there's no doubt. And no you, doubt. And you see it. <laughs> you see the Taylor Swift effect, as they call it, with his jersey sales, because those are Taylor Swift fans for the most part buying those jerseys now. That, yeah, they're, that they they're dating. Have, they would have never bought that jersey. Absolutely not. For any other reason. And and did you see her in the press box? Yes. It, it was. I can't hate on it. She was genuinely happy and excited when he scored that touchdown. And I like I like when people are happy. There you go. So it was fun to watch. It was brings a new element. So definitely uh, more eyeballs too. Uh, yeah, there's no <laughs> doubt. There's no doubt. You're right. All right, here we go. Your first place, Texas Rangers. Is that is that just? It sounds strange. I just I don't know. We talked to Jeff Wilson yesterday. I still don't know how this <laughs> how this turnaround is just keeps rolling, and they roll again last night. And look, Anaheim's not even good. No. They're beat up. No, but they – and I I forgot who started for them, but their starting pitcher pitched really well. He he had the – he held the Rangers scoreless through five innings, I believe, mm-hmm. or four innings mm-hmm. when they hit the back-to-back-to-back home runs. Which that and, has not been done in quite a while. The Rangers have not hit three straight home runs since 2015. And now they lead the league with 227. It's pretty incredible. It's nuts. And also saw a report today that Max Scherzer has upped his throwing. He's been throwing a little bit as he re- tries to rehab from the, uh, from the muscle injury and tries to get back. Now they're saying he's got a shot to be back for the playoffs, especially – if the Rangers can win the American League West and get that first round by, that would be huge. Yeah, but do we really want to? I mean, if you're the Rangers, do you sit back in a room and say, "Do we really want to push Max 
right now because we've got him. He, he's not a rental. He's right. He's a long term guy. Let's let's be sure before we let him stroll out there for a playoff game. Yeah, and with injuries like that, anything in your throwing arm that affects your delivery puts just puts more pressure. It puts more. It just it affects the way you throw the ball, and and you could injure end up injuring another mm-hmm. part of your or your pitching arm, right? And I think that's going to be the Rangers' main concern, as it should be, and it should be for the fans. I would love to see him ready for the playoffs, but the key word there is ready. Mm-hmm. You're you're absolutely right. You don't want him still hurt and his 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 throwing his pitching motion be a little bit off and and injure something else because of a minor muscle injury that he could have easily recovered from in the in the offseason. Cody Bradford gets the start tonight against the Angels. 8.38 is first pitch he's been, time. He's been pitching pretty well, hadn't he? Yeah, he has. He's, been, it's a, he's had a, an ama- a pretty amazing season. As most people do when they first get called up, struggled a little bit. Mm-hmm. But, man, once he f- found his footing, so to speak, he has been lights out. He has been, he's been so good that he may be in their three-man rotation in the playoffs if, the, if everything – Holds up. Well, especially if Max continues. is not there. I mean, he's going to have to be. He's yeah, no, I th- absolutely. Uh, Dane Dunning tomorrow night scheduled for the Rangers. And again, Wednesday night, 838 first pitch. And we'll have both of those games for you here on ESPN Central Texas. And then Thursday, the head-to-head with Seattle to end the season. So, I mean, if they, if they sweep, if they sweep this L.A. series, um, that's that made the magic number right now is five, right? So if they sweep that, that's three. Then they just end if they would just need. I think it's a combination of a yeah, Ranger wins two, and Astros loss, losses, two yeah. losses by the Astros. So yeah, obviously we're rooting for the Mariners for a number of reasons, but um, yeah, they the they most are important being tonight. yeah that they're where the Rangers' magic number is right now because they're a game and a half mm-hmm. ahead of the Mariners. So, right. yeah, the magic number is five. However we get there, I don't care. I just want to win the West, <laughs> send the Astros either home or to the wild card, and then we'll see what happens in the postseason. You're awful greedy. I am. I want it all. <laughs> it's a bad weekend. I want, I want lots of good things to happen. Speaking of uh, playoffs, AAA Round Rock, we playoffs. talked to Mike Capps last week, and they secured a spot in the Pacific Coast League playoffs uh, with a win over Tacoma and a Reno loss. The Express will begin their three-game series tonight in Oklahoma City uh, with a Dodgers affiliate that's – they're pretty veteran-filled Dodgers affiliate as as well. So this is going to be a a challenge for Round Rock. But uh, Round Rock is the third full-season affiliate to make the postseason following uh, Hickory. And also um, down in low A ball down east was in the playoffs previously as well. Frisco so. got close too, didn't they? Frisco got close. Yeah. So this just says great things about the the Rangers farm system. Mm-hmm. We've talked about it before, but for them to make the moves they made and give up as little of their farm system as they did to get Montgomery and Scherzer is just incredible. They picked up two top tier starting pitchers for the playoff run, and they still have easily either the second or third best farm system in the major leagues. 
Yeah, and hopeful Wyatt Langford will be with Round Rock for this series. So there's something you can kind of get a look at, the uh, the top pick for the Rangers uh, this season. So lots of good news if you're a Texas Ranger fan. Not only are the uh, Rangers looking like they have a legitimate shot at winning the West, which still tastes funny coming out of my mouth. I know. <laughs> like, I thought it was a foregone conclusion for most of the season because they were just rolling, and they were so good, 20 games above 500. And then they started after the All-Star break just right out of the chute with a great winning streak, I believe eight games. Eight games. Yeah, and then it all just fell apart for like a two-week stretch, <laughs> and everyone, including me, thought the season was over. And they just turned it around again and started winning again. And now they're five games of five, you know, five win, uh, wins by them or a combination of wins by them and losses mm-hmm. by the Astros away from winning the American League West. It's pretty incredible. It's, it's absolutely incredible. And I, I think at one time, if I'm not mistaken, when Seattle and Houston both jumped the Rangers, at one point, Aaron, they were six games back. And now they've surged to where they're two and a half games ahead of Houston. That's just I think that's a it, big turn. I, I think it may have been six straight losses. I think they were. A, I think they only. It's. I think they fell to two and a half back. Did the they? Astros. I thought yeah. they fell six but games I, back at one point. I think it was that six game losing streak that they had in there okay. when they fell the furthest back. Uh, but either way, what they've done since then has been pretty mind blowing and pretty unexpected. Obviously. Well, yeah. I. I mean, even. Even if they were going to make the wild card, it was un- unexpected. Sure. There, there's nobody out there that could have told me and kept a straight face that this is a playoff team from spring training. Nobody. No. Nobody thought that. I thought they'd be better. I thought they'd win about 75 games. Yeah, that was it, my and, prediction and, before it, the season. And if they did, that would have been a great season. Absolutely. Would have been pretty pretty pumped about that. Mm-hmm. As it stands, they look like they're go- if they can stay healthy and keep their key players, which it looks like they're – ownership is going to do they're going to be one of the best teams in the major leagues for the foreseeable future because not only do they have great players they have a great young core and as we've talked about a few minutes ago they have one of the best minor league organizations in major league baseball so you can use that either bringing up their outstanding prospects which they have they've been doing this year or Mm -hmm. trading them for for veteran players you can do either one it gives you that flexibility, so I'm I'm just so excited about the Rangers' future, and I'm even more excited that it looks like it could be starting this year, a year early. We'll play off baseball for Aaron. I mean, <laughs> been a few years. It, yes, it has. There's no doubt. All right, coming up next, Stephen Simcox, locked on Horn Frogs. He'll join us. We'll talk TCU. We'll also talk a little Big Twelve and go around the Big Twelve with Stephen Simcox next on the Press Box. This is ESPN Central Texas. Does the thought of mice, rats, or other rodents taking up residence in your walls or attic make you feel uncomfortable? Once inside, these unwanted critters can cause thousands of dollars in damage to your home. The experts at 855-BUGS can identify points of entry and eliminate them. We use a variety of methods to keep rodents out. Be proactive, not reactive. Let 855-BUGS ensure your home is protected with a free inspection and comprehensive treatment plan. Visit 855-BUGS.com now to schedule your free inspection. 
Don't miss the end of summer sale happening now at Lone Star Structures. Say big on in-stock storage sheds, ready-to-move-in cabins, greenhouses, chicken tractors, dock kennels, porch swings and gliders. Conveniently shop their sale inventory online 24-7 at LoneStarStructures.com. Lone Star Structures is family-owned, and their skilled craftsmen have been building top-notch storage sheds for more than 25 years. Stop by their location on Highway 77 in Rosebud Lot. Visit LoneStarStructures.com or call 254-583-4411. Hurry in, sale in soon. When it comes to me and my money, I know the way it should be. I need a partner I can count on. That's Genco and me. Genco is my credit union. They're always there for me. They're people I trust. They treat me like family. My money, my future, my credit union. Genco. Brown House Cafe is local homegrown southern cooking, like going home to grandma's house, serving breakfast, lunch, and dinner with breakfast being served all day. Dishes like homemade biscuits and gravies, pancakes, french toast, or build your own omelet. And don't forget about lunch and dinner, chicken fried steak, build your own burger, grilled Atlantic salmon, and daily specials, plus homemade pies daily. Open seven days a week, 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. Brown House Cafe in Woodway. Check them out at brownhousecafe.com. You're listening to ESPN Central Texas, live from the Allen Samuel Studios. Jesse Britt's Automotive wants to help your car get ready for the Texas heat. Now through Saturday, they're offering free automotive AC checkup with any vehicle service at Jesse Britt's Automotive. Plus, let them help keep your car roadworthy with their computerized alignments discounted for a limited time at only $49.99. The alignments come with free tire rotation and free visual brake inspection. Just mention this ad, Jesse Britt's Automotive, discounting your prices, not your service. Locally owned and operated, Automatic Chef is Central Texas' premier break room vending service provider. For over 50 years, Central Texas companies have relied on Automatic Chef for all their break room supplies. They offer micro markets, office coffee and tea service, breakfast, lunch, and dinner products, touchless vending, cashless payment, and innovative technology. Let Automatic Chef design a break room that fits your needs. 6900 Imperial Drive in Waco and at AutomaticChefCanteen.com. Mosby's Land Management is a family-owned business that's been serving the Central Texas area for over 20 years. We're an all-inclusive land management company that provides services such as tree trimming and removal, stump grinding, land cleaning and clearing, mulching services, demolition, cleanup, haul-off, culvert installation. Give a local Central Texas company an opportunity to work for you on your farm, ranch, personal property. Give me, Mosby, a call, 254-749-1648, or check us out on Facebook. I'll treat your place like it's mine. In 2023, the Rangers had one of baseball's best winning percentages at home. Now you can plan for success at Globe Life Field in 2024 with Texas Rangers season tickets. Full and half season plans start at just $15 a game and include benefits like priority access for the All-Star Game in July. Don't miss the good times at the ballpark next year. Explore your options at rangers.com slash season tickets. And welcome back to the Press Box here on ESPN Central Texas. Joining us now from Locked on Frogs from the Friday Night Light Scoreboard Show from Temple Football 
the one and only Stephen Simcox. Hello, Stephen. Thank you, Or That was a long introduction. Uh, <laughs> I appreciate it. How are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? It's a nice sunny day outside again, huh? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, it, at least it's not 100, I guess. We can, <laughs> we can be thankful for that. I don't know when fall starts this year. It already started Saturday. Oh, okay. Well, uh, I guess uh, I guess our weather didn't get the memo yet. It did not. I, yeah. <laughs> TCU and SMU, let's start there. And was this a, a little bit of a a sad thing for this rivalry that it's coming to an end, or do TCU fans really not care about it anymore? Good question. I mean, I think the majority of TCU fans are okay that it's ending. Uh, many people have pointed out that there's not a lot for TCU to gain at this point, if you want to call it that. Mm-hmm. I do think it's intriguing that the rivalry ended, and then, like, literally a couple weeks later, SMU gets into the ACC. Um, and so that that was sort of a weird wrinkle to it. I won, I personally wonder if if that news had come down before all this happened, if things change. But, you know, my, my deal with it is I don't mind that TCU has ended the series. I'm kind of disappointed because it, it seems pretty clear. Like, we'll see what they do down the road. The one game they've scheduled so far in place of the SMU game is Arkansas State at home. So it's not like they're bringing – it's not like they're ending the SMU matchup and they're going to bring uh, huge, huge name teams to – Fort Worth or mm-hmm. something like that. Now they have they have some good non-conference opponents like North Carolina and Stanford over the next few years. Um, but yeah, it's I mean it's just another indication that things are changing. You know when Jeremiah Denati talked about it, he said it's about getting our season ticket holders an extra home game, right. uh, which wink wink we want more money. You know mm-hmm. we just, we we want another chance to to make some money, make some revenue. They were tired of going to Dallas every other year. And, you know, that's what all these decisions are about, whether it's uh, SMU going to the ACC or, you know, Oregon, Washington going to the Big Ten, Oklahoma and Texas going to the SEC, and all these games that are that have been long historic rivalries that are ending. Um, you know, it's it's because of the, the bottom line is, is the dollar. I, I'll, I'll end with this, though. I saw the TV ratings come out today. And in fairness, I mean, the game was on FS1. It was a crazy college football slate on Saturday with a lot of great games. Mm-hmm. But it drew like 200,000 viewers. So there, there were a lot of people that – there were a lot of people that talked about how sad they were about the rivalry ending. But at the same time, not a lot of people were watching that football game. Right. So, you know, I, I think in the grand scheme of things, is it disappointing? Sure. But, you know, it'll – there's there's still a lot of games to be played, and I think the majority of the American public is not really sitting by their televisions waiting for TCU and SMU to play every year. I just I like the rivalry because it goes so far back that I remember even as a kid always going yeah, to that yeah. game and the old Southwest Conference and there's so many twists and turns and you know there have been times when SMU was really really good and, and TCU might have been down a little bit and then flip it over. The same way the other way, TCU was really good and SMU was down a little bit, and it just always seemed to be a good game between those two. And I, for for me, I'm I'm sad to see it go. Well, and frankly, I mean, I, I think if uh, you know if SMU had kind of held up there into the bargain more, 
mm-hmm. the past two decades it would still be played. Now, in fairness to them, they've been a lot better lately, and they won that game in 2019 and 2021. So, uh, TCU's won two straight, but SMU had won the two games before that. But, yeah, man, it's, it's a great historic game, and I think it's fun that they play for the skillet. I think it's really cool that it's Dallas and Fort Worth yeah. matching up against one another. Uh, it's just one of these many games that have kind of gone by the wayside with all the all the changes around around sports. But um, I, I feel like it'll eventually come back to being played again. I just get that sense. And, you know, I, I hope that SMU does well in the ACC because I think it's cool when SMU is good. Like, I, I just I think mm-hmm. it's good for uh, I think it's good for the Metroplex and it's going to make TCU's job harder. But you know, that's not their, that's not their concern. They just got to look out for themselves. So um, it is disappointing that it's just another really historic game that's going by the wayside now. Stephen Simcox locked on Horn Frogs with us here on the press box on ESPN Central Texas. And Stephen, was this the most complete game that you've seen from the Frogs so far this year? Oh man. Good question. Um, I would say the Houston game was just because I felt like they were better on offense, but mm-hmm. it does seem like they're trending in the right direction. Uh, they left some points on the board in that SMU game, but I think SMU's good. I mean, they had a couple transfers come in from like Miami and Florida State. I was just I was really surprised at how well put together that team looked. I mean, they looked like a Power Five mm-hmm. football team, and usually in that game. They got good skill guys, but the offense and defensive line is where you see the big difference. But I honestly felt like their line and D-line were pretty solid, too. Um, so I, I feel like it was an impressive win for TCU, even though most people probably just look at the score and say, oh, yeah, that's that's how that game should go. Um, in the second half, though, they had a couple chances to put that ball game away. And they're just not they're just not converting in the red zone ward. I mean, they're kicking too many field goals. Right. Or they had a, they had a weird fake field goal call that – I'm guessing by the fact that Sonny Dykes dog cussed his special teams coach after that <laughs> after that play that there was some miscommunication that maybe that that fake field goal shouldn't have been run. Um, he didn't seem too happy when when that got pulled out, but uh, it was weird timing because they were up by two scores at the time. But anyway, they left three points on the board there. They turned the ball over on downs in their next drive in SMU territory, and then got a late touchdown to make it. Uh, a better looking score but yeah just you know it's just details with this team I think there's talent there and they've shown uh, a lot better energy and effort preparation the last three weeks but they're still just not hitting on all cylinders and so uh, they've won the games Um, I just feel like there's when you look back at it and you say man there's still some points being left on the board here is Chandler Morris getting more comfortable or is that part of the problem no, I think he's getting more comfortable. I mean, he's flinging the ball around. He's really accurate. Um, the, the one thing that hasn't materialized for the offense, and I don't have a great answer. I'm not sure if – I mean, I think Chandler can can do this. I feel like he's capable. There's just not a, a downfield passing threat right now. I mean, mm-hmm. a lot of what they're doing in the passing game is, is quick stuff and then more intermediate routes. And, I mean, Mac, like Max Duggan had a – a cannon of an arm at least just he could lean back and throw it a long long way Chandler doesn't have that type of arm strength so he's a power five quarterback like I feel like he can throw fades and go routes and you know throw the ball down the seam they just haven't done a lot of that yet uh, and so I'm, I'm hopeful that that comes about as the year goes on and I know their O-line you know they, they replaced three starters I think they're 
still kind of wary of like blocking that stuff up mm-hmm. and allowing those long developing plays to to happen. But I mean, you, you sort of run out of warm up games here. I mean, you you play West Virginia this week. You're in the teeth of your Big Twelve schedule now, so your chances to sort of work that stuff out is, is already passed you by. Uh, so that's something I'm watching. But I think overall he's been good. You know, the, the thing he's done lately that's impressed me is he's starting to use his legs more, getting first downs, getting outside the pocket, extending plays. Uh, and he said he said after the Colorado game, like, he was just so laser-focused on trying to make every play in the pocket that it hurt him sometimes. I feel like he's becoming a more complete quarterback. But, yeah, he looks good. I mean, the arm talent's there. I think he's getting through his progressions well. It's just for whatever reason that downfield passing game hasn't really clicked. And to be honest about it, they just haven't taken that many shots down the field yet. What about Joseph Gillespie in this defense? Are are they starting to see light bulbs go off and starting to fly to the football a little bit more? Well, they've given up one touchdown in three games, so that's pretty good. I mm-hmm. mean, I know the opponents uh, aren't, you know, murder's row, but still I, I feel like SMU and Houston have some dudes that can play. I think they got good offenses and they were able to, to get it done. Uh, they look a lot better. I think the secondary seems to have figured some things out. They're, they're not getting – consistent pressure but you're seeing flashes on some defensive linemen um getting it done i I would love to get a one-on-one moment with joe and just talk to him about the colorado game and and see what happened i feel like not having any film on the buffaloes really put them behind the eight ball oh no doubt they they came out yeah and they came out with a pretty vanilla defensive scheme but they just never i mean they never seemed to adjust and so i'm not sure what his perspective on that was uh, but they looked really lost. But since then, I mean, they're playing fast. They're tackling a lot better. Uh, I think it was a wake-up call for them. And, you know, we'll we'll see as the year goes on how they handle some better offenses. But I don't care who you're playing. If you hold three teams to one touchdown, that's you'll take that. So they're doing a nice job of even if they let drives get extended, they're forcing field goals when it gets to those kind of money situations and getting off the field on third down. Uh, I've seen a lot of improvement from that unit over the past few weeks. West Virginia coming up this week, and is West Virginia better than we all thought they were coming into this season? They obviously are. I mean, they're kind of a, 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 a interesting team. I really like how they put this together. They run the ball with C.J. Donaldson. Um, they had their backup quarterback starting last week against Tech, and I know they only scored 20 points, but I honestly feel like their O.C. did a really nice job of kind of dialing some things out. He had the quarterback run the ball. You know, they, they use a lot of high percentage throws of their tight ends to keep those keep some of those drives going. Uh, but, I mean, the star of West Virginia for this is their defense. Like, they just get after it. Um, they tackle well. They're physical. They've done a good job against the run in the pass. And so I think this will be a, a really nice test for this TCU offense. You know, can you come out and make plays? I feel like on paper it's a game where TCU has better athletes and they should be able to kind of control the tempo. And, and pull away in the second half. But, I mean, this is a good football team they're playing. And if you mess around and give up opportunities and this becomes a low-scoring kind of rock fight, then West Virginia is going to have a shot because they can control the clock with uh, with that rough starters on their offensive line back, and it's paying off. So, uh, yeah, kudos to Neil Brown. I mean, it seemed like his run was about to be over, and mm-hmm. there's still a lot of season left. But, man, he's off to a really good start here with this team. How much does it help that this is in Fort Worth and not Morgantown? Yeah, you don't want to go to Morgantown. 
Um, it, it's a tough place to win. They won last year, and that was a really bad West Virginia team against a TCU team that was red hot, and it was still a 10-point ball game. It's just a tough place to play. Um, you know, they got in a shootout last season with JT Daniels, and they were able to make enough plays, but it was I mean, it was a one-score game pretty much from start to finish. So that's a tough environment, um, and it's a night game. They're going to do a blackout. They're going to they're making a, a big deal about it, so I think the atmosphere will be good and should help lift this team. But yeah, you always you know they they go to Ames uh, next week, so they'll, mm-hmm. they'll get their taste of of the hostile road environment. But as much of as much of that as you can avoid, the better. So big big boost that they're not having to go on the road to make that long trip to West Virginia. All right. I know you've been dreading this part of the conversation, but let's talk about Sunday and the Cowboys. Oh, gosh. What a <laughs> terrible, pitiful performance just by every aspect of the organization from the owner on down that led to that loss. Yeah, it wasn't great. Uh, I mean, I know they had like their preseason O-line out there, a lot of injuries, but – like, let's just put it like this. They lost to Josh Dobbs. I mean, all due respect. <laughs> like, if, if the Dobbs family is listening, I'm sorry. But, I mean, you know it, too. Like, you can't go out there. You're 2-0. They're 2-0. The defense, I mean, everybody's talking about this defense. is historically good. Talking about, like, the 85 Bears. And they go to Arizona, and they just lay an egg. I mean, <laughs> and Arizona ran the ball. I mean, it wasn't like it was fancy what they were doing. They just ran the ball up and down the field on them. I don't know what's going on with uh, with the red zone and this offense, but they can't score touchdowns. And last week, I remember everybody, everybody was like, well, you know, sort of the way that Jets game played out, it ended up being smart for them to take field goals and not take risk on fourth down. But, yeah, they weren't taking risk on fourth down because they can't convert fourth down because <laughs> they're just not good right now. Um, I don't know. It they're a very strange team, and I know that, like, this happens every year. You see teams go and lose games. We say any given Sunday and all that, all that, all that cliche stuff. But it feels like Mike McCarthy has one or two of those a season. Mm-hmm. When, yeah, it with, feels like it's you know, always the Cowboys. <laughs> yeah, and, I mean, man, they just – they kill me. I, I was I was such a believer in this group, and I was even telling people, like, last week because I'm very hesitant to trust the Cowboys for good reason. They haven't, you know, they, they've let me down a lot in my life. So I was like, man, but the way they're built now with this defense and Micah Parsons, it seems a lot more sustainable, you know, cause a lot of the, a lot of the teams they've had that are, have been good lately. It's been really on the backs of the offense. And then they go and they just play a horrible game against an Owen two Cardinals team. But, you know, now they get the Patriots, so we'll see. We'll see what they do from here. But what a just what a letdown after such a promising start to the season. Stephen, why is it you think that Dak has trouble playing from behind? Well, I mean, I think he's a quarterback that has always thrived when he's had a good running game mm-hmm. and uh, good game management. And, you know, as much as they've tried to make him a dude the last two years that can fling the ball around, I don't feel like that's his strength. Um, and maybe it is just Dak. I, I've kind of chalked it up to last season I wasn't super impressed with what they had at the receiver position. And they, they went and they sort of beefed that up with Brandon Cooks, even though he hasn't been super impressive yet. 
Michael Gallup. I'm not really sure what happened. He looked great as a rookie, and then things have kind of gone south. But you can't. I mean, you can't throw picks down near the end end zone like that. You got to find mm-hmm. a way to score. And um, yeah. I mean, it's it is sort of perplexing. But I, I feel like Dak's one of those guys. Like he's not an elite QB. And that's fine. Like, you can win with guys who are not Patrick Mahomes. But it, it means you got to build a better team around him. And I think they're heading in the right direction with his defense. But, right. uh, you know, they they don't – you look at his best season, I mean, they, they were a run-heavy team, and they would work off that with a lot of play action. And they've kind of abandoned that the last few years. Do you think that that's just the way that this offense is built? Or do they not have the guy that they can go and and trust to run the ball that many times? Well, the O-line has changed so much. I mean, I think it's when they're fully healthy, they're still a good unit, but they're not elite like they were back then. Mm-hmm. And I don't know about Pollard. I mean, I like Tony. I, I feel like there's a lot of different ways you can use him. I'm not sure if he's like a 25-carry-a-game type of back. No. Um, and just in general, like the league has gotten away from it. I, I mean, I'm – trying to think of teams that still play like that. I guess Tennessee fits that mold with Derrick Henry. Mm-hmm. And is that about it? I mean, you know, San Francisco, San Francisco runs the ball a lot with uh, McCaffrey and Shanahan's really creative in what he does. But everybody's just sort of dropping back, spreading people out, throwing it around. And uh, Cowboys are doing that too. I just don't think they're good at it. <laughs> no, they're not. And – I I just I don't know that I trust Dak enough to get you to an NFC championship game because of the flashes like we saw Sunday and we may see again later on in the year. Right. I mean the tough thing with that too is, you know, you have an uphill battle to win your division because Philly's right there. Mm-hmm. So you're probably talking about going on the road unless you – I mean, it's it's week three. Like, I guess I can't make proclamations like that yet. But, uh, sure if, you can. If you, don't win, if you don't win the NFC East, then you got to win a couple games on the road, mm-hmm. which is always a tough thing to do. You might run into San Francisco or somebody like that. Um, I think they can do it, but, man, you got to – like, you got to be more consistent. The thing is, like, I just – I can't give this team the benefit of the doubt. You know, like, if, if the Chiefs went and stunk it up against the Bears – last week like that would be surprising but i feel like most of us would say yeah that's weird but kansas city will get it figured out right i have no i have no faith that the dallas cowboys are <laughs> like, they have they have no margin of error in my mind so that's just that's just how it is did did the cardinals expose dan quinn's defense by just lining up and running right at number 11 so they may have. I mean, Dan's going to have to adjust. Uh, and that was the problem they had last year. Like, teams that can run the ball and then could score some points. And that's the best way to slow down a pass rush. So, we'll see. You know, I don't know if everybody can can replicate that mm-hmm. exactly. But in the second half, the defense is better if you take away that uh, horrible coverage bust. But, yeah, it's, I mean, that would be my strategy. you got to slow him down somehow. And if you can get him thinking for half a second, off the snap, whether it's going to be a run or a pass, then that's a win in my mind. Stephen Simcox locked on Horn Frogs with us, talking Cowboys and Horn Frogs. Stephen, thanks for the time today. I certainly do appreciate it very, very much. Enjoy the rest of your week, and I will see you on Friday.
All right, at least the Rangers are good now. Oh, that's right. We didn't even ask say, you about yeah. the Rangers. How'd... What about those first place Texas Rangers? Yeah, here we go. First place Texas Rangers. <laughs> How excited are you that? I mean, I'm excited. It's cool. Like, I think they look like they're going to make the playoffs here. I don't know how excited I am about Dane Dunning and John Gray and Cody Bradford starting <laughs> in the playoffs. I mean, I'll do. I know Cody Bradford's a former Baylor Bear, but this is not a Friday night against West Virginia. It's a little more, a little more serious stakes that we got going on now. <laughs> um, but I, I like this lineup a lot, and I mean, kudos to them. I feel like earlier when we talked. They were in the middle of their, you know, losing streak, and I had them dead in the water. Mm-hmm. So, hey, they've turned it around a little bit, and thank you to the Kansas City Royals for inexplicably sweeping the Houston Astros. <laughs> I still don't know how that happened. Yeah, I don't either. Neither of the Astros. <laughs> still figuring it out. But, yeah, it's cool, man. I mean, it's been a while, Ward, since we've had October baseball to talk about. It it has, and, and I, I don't know how far that – we can ride this, but it's it's fun. And look, I was telling Aaron earlier, there is nobody, I mean nobody, that could have stood in Surprise, Arizona and said, oh, this team can win the West or this team is a wild card team. Either one of those statements never crossed anybody's lips in Surprise, did it? No, I don't think so. I mean, maybe there were a few that might have had them as dark horse, but the moment DeGrom went down, oh, yeah. I thought, I thought it was over. Um, but, and honestly, like they've, you know, the bullpen's awful and they've had their warts this year, but they've withstood the DeGrom injury. They've withstood Evaldi being out for a while, young and Adolis, and looks like Scherzer, maybe Scherzer comes back at some point, but I feel like most likely Scherzer's shut down for the year. And I mean, that's, that's a nice step forward for this team. Um, you got to build off it, but, and the playoffs will be played, and we'll see what happens. But, yeah, I mean, I've, I've been impressed with the way they've kind of hung in there given uh, the times that I thought they were just going to pack it in and head to the house. Do you, do you think it's Bochy? I mean, is he is he the difference maker? I know they got a better roster. I know they've got Young, and they've got all, all the people that they wanted to get on this roster, they got. They went out and spent some money, which is good. They never did that before. But they, they went out and got a true – baseball guy as a manager is he the biggest difference in your mind in this baseball team oh yeah he's a huge part of it i think he's done a great job this year you know i mean he's made a lot of great decisions one that stands out in my mind you got a rookie like evan carter who comes up in september i mean the the confidence to put him in the starting lineup um just because i guess he knew he had something mm-hmm. it's pretty special i know evan's like, like a really highly padded prospect but still you're walking in the middle of a pennant race and you're having to play immediately. That's a big. That's a big ask. He's handled it really well. You know, I, I think you got to give him a pass in the bullpen because he's. It's not like he's got a lot of great options. <laughs> you know, when, he, right. when he's when he's going to different arms, he's it's pretty limited in what they can do. But uh, yeah, I mean, he's kept like he's kept this team even keeled and ready to rock through it all. And you know, I, I don't. I feel like it's kind of hard to judge Chris Woodward because. He was working with what he was, but man, it's it's obviously a huge upgrade having a World Series winning manager in the dugout now. Yeah, and, and Mike Maddox is the pitching coach. I think makes a huge difference as well, too. Yeah, he's done a good job. I mean, you you've seen big improvement. I mean, even John Gray last night, um, who's kind of been up and down. He was fantastic. 
Evaldi's uh, been great for them. Dane Dunning has hung in the rotation all season long and been serviceable. Uh, you know, they kind of mixed and match with Andrew Heaney and Martin Perez moving them back and forth. So, all in all, really good stuff. Uh, you got to close it out here. Uh, now that we said all this, I'm sure they'll lose their next five games. So just one <laughs> of It'll all be your fault if they do, okay? They'll hang on and win the West by a half a game. Oh, my. <laughs> no, no, no. That's not happening. They're going to roll into the playoffs. All right. Aaron's got his Ranger shirt on. There you <laughs> Steven, go. Steven, appreciate the time. See you on Friday, buddy. All right. Thanks, guys. There you go. Steven Simcox, locked on Horn Frogs, Cowboys, Rangers. We can cover it all with Steven. That's the good thing about having Steven on. Absolutely. He knows his. Multiversed. He knows his Texas sports, and that's what we like to talk. Yes, absolutely. All right. Stay right there. We'll put a bow on this one right after this. Play fake, looking right, left. Only heard here. Here. Throws it in the end zone, caught. All season. This is the first touchdown for Luke Schoonmaker. Sunday afternoon, it's your Cowboys and the New England Patriots. Live from AT&T Stadium on this Dallas Cowboys radio network station. It's the Cowboys and the Patriots. Sunday starting with the pregame at 2.30 here on ESPN Central Texas. Established in 2007 and independently owned, Alliance Bank Central Texas is committed to helping families and businesses meet their financial goals. From their tellers to their board of directors, they know the importance of superior service and competitive products. Customers have confidence knowing that their financial business is in good hands. Alliance Bank Central Texas with two Waco locations, also in Temple and Georgetown and at AllianceBankTexas.com. Member FDIC and equal housing lender. The right call can make all the difference on and off the field. I'm Mark Stewart with Bird Colgen Ford. And when it's time for a new car, truck, or SUV, Bird Colgen Ford is the right call. Come check out our award-winning lineup of best-selling models like the Mustang, Explorer, Expedition, F-150, and Super Duty. Bird Colgen Ford proudly supports all Central Texas athletes. Make the right call for your next vehicle at Bird Colgen Ford. Experience better at Bird Colgen Ford. Maya Fuel should be your first and local choice for high-quality fuel and lubricant. They are Central Texas-owned and operated, independent distribution and bulk delivery company. You call, they haul. They deliver on-road diesel, off-road farm diesel, gasoline, and non-ethanol gasoline. Known for their great pricing and quickest delivery, they also offer non-fee contract fuel. Call Nick, the owner, for all your gasoline delivery needs at 675-8107 or find them at mayafuels.net. That's mayafuels.net. Southwest Sports Medicine in Orthopedics. The team physicians for Baylor Athletics specialize in the diagnosis and treatment of any and all sport-related injuries. Celebrating over a decade of service to Central Texas, they tackle all surgical and non-surgical problems that arise from an active lifestyle. Trust the doctors that Baylor trusts. And when injuries sideline you, don't wait for Monday. Join us at 8.30 a.m. on Saturday mornings for our post-game injury evaluation clinic. Southwest Sports Medicine and Orthopedics. We get you back in the game. Nobody covers football in Central Texas like ESPN Central Texas. Great food and a hometown atmosphere is what customers love about Rocket Cafe. Popular breakfast choices are the Hungry Man Special. Two pancakes, two eggs, bacon, and hash browns. 
and the Rocket Breakfast Burritos, sausage, bacon, eggs, cheese, and potatoes. And daily lunch specials include free dessert. And check out the Rocket Burger with their one-third pound fresh, never-frozen patties. Rocket Cafe is only open Friday nights for home games, and that night features their famous all-you-can-eat catfish special. A Robinson tradition, Rocket Cafe. Don't miss the Lone Star Gun Show, Saturday and Sunday at the Bell County Expo Center. You'll find great items at terrific prices on new and used guns, knives, swords, hunting gear, books, coins, medals, and ammo. Best of all, you'll enjoy browsing with the benefit of paying discount prices. Hours are 9 to 5 Saturday, 10 to 4 Sunday. Bring in your old gun and trade up for the gun you've always wanted. Lone Star Gun Show, Saturday and Sunday at the Bell County Expo Center in Belton. You'll find gifts for the whole family jewelry, candles, home decor, and wind chimes at China Spring Country Store. They're also an official Purina dealer, featuring bagged and bulk animal feed for all of your farm animals and pets. China Spring Country Store is also the place to find deer protein, deer corn, and deer feeders, outdoor furniture, plus farm and ranch supplies, including gates, panels, and fencing. Go by and say hello to Taylor, Melissa, and the gang at China Spring Country Store, 9030 China Spring Highway, and at chinaspringcountrystore.com. You're invited to experience the best carnival in Central Texas at the Heart of Texas Fair and Rodeo this October. Grab the whole family and enjoy fun games, thrilling rides, and all your fair food favorites. Don't miss the opportunity to make memories that will last a lifetime. Purchase a fun pass at your local participating Sefco convenience stores for even more fun and excitement. Each one includes gated mission and unlimited carnival rides each day of the fair for only $90. Visit HotFair.com today for more information. Elevate your career with a new job at Time Manufacturing Company. First, second, and third shifts are available. CNC machinists start at $21 an hour. Welders start at $22 an hour. And second and third shift differential is an additional $250 an hour. Time Manufacturing is a leading global manufacturer of vehicle-mounted aerial lifts, digger derricks, bucket trucks, and bridge inspection equipment. Drop by their location at 7601 Imperial Drive in Waco to apply. Welcome back to the Press Box here on ESPN Central Texas. Thanks to Stephen Simcox for joining us, talking a little college football, a little NFL, a little MLB. The strangest, well, it's not the strangest, but Zach Wilson gets a vote of confidence from his coach. And Hall of Famer Joan Namath <laughs> is leading the cheers and blasting Wilson in a radio interview. Um, and and he, he took aim at the coach. He took aim at Joe Douglas, the general manager. I mean, Broadway Joe had nothing, nothing really nice to say, did he, Aaron? He did not. And uh, <laughs> about a minute, let's listen to, I was, well, we'll talk about it after. I want, I want, I want everybody to hear what Joe Namath said. These guys are working for a living. You know, they're working for a living. They're professionals. They're getting paid. They're better play their butts off because that one-eyed monster called that camera looking at them, evaluating every single move they make out there. That one-eyed monster tells no lies. It doesn't describe it. It shows every team around the league are looking at these films or these tapes. They see what the individuals are doing. Now, 
Mosley. I count on him. I don't think he's going to quit. And I don't think there's a lot of guys out there that are going to quit on the defense, on the offense. I don't think their guy's going to quit because that's their living. They know they're being judged and evaluated on each play. They're going to try. They're going to try their best to play. They just don't have the talent up front. In my opinion, offensively, at this time, they can develop, and they certainly don't have the talent with the guy that handles the ball every play and has to make the decisions with the offense every single play. And it got worse. I mean, there was <laughs> that, that that clip was pretty tame, actually. I was, I was, yes. Um, but I mean, he just went all in on dunking on Zach Wilson. I just thought it was classless. Like the entire world is dunking on. Zach Wilson mm-hmm. right now. Everybody knows he's bad. Everybody knows the Jets need to do something and that he's not the answer with Aaron Rodgers. And now we hear about Joe Namath, all the struggles that the Jets have had my entire lifetime since they won the Super Bowl with him at quarterback. And now he wants to speak out and 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 take a shot at a guy that everybody's already taken shots at. I just think it's a it's low-hanging fruit, and I think it's – I don't like it. I don't like it at all from Joe Namath. If you – if you, I don't mind, you know, if you want to go after the guy about his poor play, which he did in there also, but it just, mm-hmm. there was different ways to go about it. And to, to speak up now, I have never, I don't remember him ever saying anything about another Jets player. And I don't know why it would be Zach Wilson all of a sudden, except for the fact that it's, it's permissible and it's easy to talk bad about Zach Wilson right now. And I don't like that when people do that. I, I think that, the other part of it is, too, that, look, the, the Jets have been so bad for so long, and there was so much excitement about this football team. I mean, everybody was saying, well, they're just one piece away from being Super Bowl. This 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 defense is that good. There's good pieces on the offense. We need a quarterback. They went out and got Aaron Rodgers. Four plays into the season, it all blows up in their face. And there's a little bit of resentment there from everybody, from all Jets fans, because they see it just quickly dissolving. And Joe Nay was a huge Jets fan. He always has been a Jets fan. He's been in a lot of games. He's always there. Um, he's a Hall of Famer. But I, yeah, I don't, I don't think you need to, you know, drag Wilson through the mud. You just, what? you just don't do that. But he, on the other hand. He's not wrong. He's no, not, he's not. He's not serviceable. He's not. But everyone knows that, and it's been it's <laughs> been that, that that you know if that was a drum, it's been beaten so much mm-hmm. that uh, you know the top of it <laughs> exploded. Well, the number two overall draft in twenty twenty one should be better than what uh, he is. Oh, absolutely. And he is. A, it's a huge disappointment, and it has set that franchise back. It's called. Co- it cost them. Mm-hmm. Second round draft pick with Aaron Rodgers would have been a first round if he would have been able, if he would have stayed healthy. Mm-hmm. But it's uh, it's this isn't on Zach Wilson if that makes sense because the Jets knew what they had already. They knew what Zach Wilson was after last year. Mm-hmm. You hope that he gets better, but they went into this season with Zach Wilson as their number two quarterback, and that's on the Jets. They they're. You can upgrade right now. They signed Trevor Simeon, which he has some familiarity with the C, with the system because he's been there before. Uh, and I think even though he's under 500 for his career as a starting quarterback, I still think that's 
an upgrade. I think Colt McCoy would be an upgrade, but there'd be a learning curve with him. I think there are things that they can do, but it's uh, it's a tough situation that they put themselves in. You're right, and it's blatantly obvious that they've got to go find a quarterback. They just have to. If they want to have a chance, give themselves an opportunity with that defense that they have, they've got to find somebody that can play complimentary football and protect that defense just a little bit. Wilson can't do it. Absolutely not. It's not Zach Wilson. It's not Trevor Simeon. And if you don't get whoever it is in in the next two weeks, you better this, do it now. This season is over. Yeah, and it's absolutely. and it's absolutely on the front office and head coach Robert Sala. All right, don't forget John Morris coming up this afternoon at 2 o'clock. You'll have Jerry Hill on the show and plus a lot more. In fact, uh, the men's basketball schedule has come out. I'm sure John will go over that, and I'm sure Mosley will hit it this afternoon from 3 to 6. And we got your first place Texas Rangers tonight taking on the Angels with an 8.30 first pitch right here on ESPN Central Texas. For Aaron Sexton, I'm Ward White. Until next time, so long, everybody. Listen to ESPN Central Texas online at